0: It Was All Ours by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let them have dominion. Man was to be over all things because God gave him that status. In verse 27, God created male and female in His image. And in verse 28, we see the earth and all on it was handed to mankind. Genesis 1.28 Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. As we look around us today, we see man fighting, killing, warring against each other for possession of the very things God blessed us with. The core of why everything went wrong was pride. You see, God alone is self-existing. He stands alone in that. All things were created for Him, through Him, and are dependent on Him. His being flows through all things to sustain. Therefore everything is a part of Him, and He them. We cannot accomplish or succeed in anything eternal apart from Him, Be yet all on this planet was to belong to us through Him. Somehow this divine arrangement has not been good enough for man. Unsatisfied with being a part of God's harmonious plan for their existence, man wanted to be like God, able to live independent and, yes, even above all the rest of creation. God's sovereignty was challenged by the first pair of humans because they sided with an angelic being that had allowed pride to place him outside of all that was one with God. This being, spoken of in the Bible as Satan, the devil, that old serpent, Lucifer, etc., was outside of God's will and lived in total opposition to the rest of creation. He was out of His created place, out of character. Adam and Eve sided with His way of thinking. They chose His knowledge over that of God, the tree of life, the family tree of all creation. Like Satan, they too were now out of character, out of the created order of things, out of God's image and in the likeness of Satan. By choosing His knowledge, their minds would work like His, and through their descendants, the family tree of God's adversary would grow taller and taller, the tree of good and evil. It was not as though our Creator, our Father, didn't warn us. In Genesis 2:15 15-17 Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of that, you shall surely die. We know from Genesis 3.3, Adam shared this commandment with his wife, Eve, as she told the devil she was not to eat of the tree of good and evil, lest she die. But the enemy told her not to worry, she would not die. She would instead be able to stand on her own thinking, be wise like God. In other words, she wouldn't need Him. She would be self-existing. She would be like God. In Genesis 3, 4-6, through 6, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable, to make one wise, She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. The serpent's thinking was food for thought. He cleverly said what she wanted to hear. He was beautiful to look at. How could anything so handsome be evil? He appeared to be an angel of light. So she ate the fruit of his lips. He fed her his lie that she could be self-sustaining, and she swallowed it. No longer would man walk in the love, power, knowledge, or will of God, nor be a part of the harmonious order of God. In fact, through their disobedience, many matured into children of wrath that caused all of creation to become corrupt and their existence futile. Their descendants for the most part became members of the household or family tree of Satan, and his nature and all they had influenced over developed the same nature. Man's involvement with this angelic being and his followers resulted in God eventually saying in Genesis 6, 6 6-7, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry I have made them. God relented and allowed Noah and his family, along with the remnant of the rest of creation, to be spared. Otherwise, man and all created for him would have been extinct. All the families of the earth today trace to that little remnant of humanity, eight people. It did not take long for them to resume sinning as they were still descendants of Adam. Lust and pride dominated their nature. And as long as man had a need to be important, noticed and in control, The tree of good and evil continues to flourish. For things to be restored to God's original plan, our nature must change. Satan's knowledge teaches us to be confident in our own skills, hiding or downplaying the truth that for those that are born again in the Spirit of God is in them, igniting their gifting to accomplish all things successfully and in perfection. Satan not only teaches us to be self-confident, but self-exalting, blowing our own trumpets, so to speak, wanting the world to acknowledge our supremacy. You see, the man that sees himself as superior to others is apart from the order and purpose of God and has to fight for his own place in the sun. We see this prideful nature in the King of Tyre in Ezekiel 28. God, through the prophet, address him in the physical and as a prideful man, he will bring low. But at the same time, God is speaking to the evil spirit within him that is no other than Satan himself. Let us read a few verses as there is great insight in them to help us understand that nature. Ezekiel 28, 12-15 and 17 Son of man, take up a limitation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you and you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Isaiah, speaking of him as Lucifer, describes his pride in detail at the same time if we will look in the mirror he is showing us what could be our end if we allow ourselves to be swayed by him into making us important Isaiah 14:12 through 14 how you how you are fallen from heaven o lucifer son of the morning how you are cut down to the ground you who weakened the nations for you have said in your heart i will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Count the eyes. How often do we say, I did this or I did that, wanting to impress others? Please beware. People with this I, 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 me, me, me mentality become leaves in the devil's family tree and weaken the nations, as we saw in verse twelve. They are the opposite of the tree of life, whose leaves heal the nations. Their end will be like their father, in verse fifteen. Isaiah fourteen fifteen, Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Revelations twenty one through two says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. You can see why God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the base things for His servants. God will not use the prideful for anything of any importance, as they are in harmony with Satan's thinking, not his. He especially will not allow them to function in ministry, even if called as they would only reproduce themselves in others. 1 Corinthians through 29 For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. 1 Timothy 3.6 tells us a leader must be mature, lest he become prideful, not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. We can be a confident people, however. We can be confident of who we are in God and confident in the fact he will always be there to help those that depend on and trust in him we can be confident that we can accomplish all things through him john 14:12 most assuredly i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because i go to my father in other words our confidence is in him not us, so there should be no room for pride to slip in. You see, even if we seemingly are successful on our own, something will cause it to be temporal, short-lived. Our personal success is not lasting or eternal. To claim it as our own guarantees failure, or at best, short-lived recognition. Jesus said, John fifteen five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. God will not allow us to succeed if it will cost us our salvation. Jesus endured much on the cross to give us another chance. He loves us and does not want the enemy to mislead us. This is particularly true of financial success, as Jesus spoke of in Matthew 19.24. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In closing, we were by creation a part of the glorious kingdom of God, but through sin we were removed. To regain our place in God's kingdom, Mankind must be born again to escape the knowledge, nature, and lawlessness passed down through the ages from Adam and Eve. To be a part of God's perfect plan for existence in His kingdom, we must seek His knowledge. We let it change our nature so we can learn to love, be obedient to His commandments, and renewed to His image. Only then will we understand the peace and harmony of being in the Lord's perfect will. Only then will we accept his sovereignty and regain all we were to have in the first place. It was all ours.